0: What I realized though, is I also wasn't ready for, for myself to close deals because I needed to put more effort into, so. Uh, but I mean, I mean, constant struggles. I mean, you get a little bit of success, you go to an appointment, you think you got it, and then someone else gets it. Or you're, you're talking to a seller, and it seems like everything's going well, and then they ghost you, you know? So there are so many opportunities where I was actually progressing, but I was so focused on the monetary um, success that I forgot the progress I was making.
1: to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today, we are here with Dylan Miracle, Realtor Investor with Miracle Realty out of Madeira. Dude, first and foremost, happy
2: birthday, man. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, (laughs) and thank you for coming on. How old are you? 23. 23. Our podcast is aimed at young people getting into the business, so it's cool to hear. You've been in the business how many years and you're just turning 23?
0: Yeah, I've been uh, about two and a half years. Yeah.
2: Dylan, can you give us a little bit about your
1: background and then we'll jump into why we think, you know, your story and, and some of the deals you just closed. We'll get into that a little bit more, but can you give us a little bit about your background, one, and two, just kind of your introduction into real estate and how you got started?
0: Yeah, for sure. First off, I wanna say thank you guys for having me on. Uh, definitely celebrating the birthday exactly how I wanted to celebrate <laughs> with my boys. Let's so. go. Um, yeah, so how far back are we going in terms of like- How, how did
2: you get into the business? Like how, what were you doing
0: before yeah. and leading up to getting into the business? Perfect, uh, so, uh, wrestled at Cal Poly um, and thought I was gonna, I always kind of had an inkling of being entrepreneurial. Um, and honestly thought I was gonna be helping people invest their money and things like that. Uh, thank God I'm not doing that because one that's, uh, I found out I actually don't enjoy doing that too much, but also <laughs> I'm not very good with numbers, which actually probably would not be great for clients, so. <laughs> um, but I had something lined up and then COVID happened and then uh, I didn't want to do anything with my dad at the time because I wanted my own legacy and I was kind of a stubborn kid. So um, yeah, I just, once COVID happened, that kind of my opportunity went away and I showed up on my dad's doorstep and said, hey, you know, can I can I do a little bit of work for you? And he just had me filing stuff and then um, he told me his goals with investing and wanted me just to start meeting people and, and kind of discussing things about that. So uh, I met with Jason, um, first thing I didn't know, I wasn't really, there's this quote, it says like something like, uh, when the student's ready, the teacher appeared or something like that. Uh-huh. Right. So, uh, definitely Jason was way, way above where I was at at the time. So most of what he said went over my head, but there was a few things that he said, uh, cause Jason, Jason has a gift of like, you know, still giving you nuggets regardless of where you're at. So didn't know anything about escrow or anything like that. So, but what he did tell me is I should talk to you guys. So started talking to you guys. You guys were my second conversation in real estate. Um, and so I just really quickly fell in love with it. Coming from a background of wrestling, um, I always liked uh, that sport because it's not just um, you know a team, but you're also very focused on individual. But it's collaborative yet competitive, and I found so many similarities with within real estate investing um, that I did in wrestling, and so quickly fell in love with it. Um, And although I didn't want anything to do with my dad, here I am still working with him. So it's actually ended up being pretty cool. So um, that's kind of how it got started. Um, And I would just take whatever you guys said, because my dad was just kind of a hustler. So we kind of landed on deals every now and then. But in terms of the operational side, he kind of was leaning on me to do that. And we didn't have really any mentors outside of what we would discuss. So. You guys were my mentors, Jason was my mentor. So so many coffee chats and calls and things like that um, and started you know calling yeah. for you, and so that's kinda how I got started.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tie in a little bit here. So I remember, because this was a couple of years ago, I still really had nothing super impressive under my belt. I would still say that I'm like still like very new and very fresh. I try to keep a level head about my own abilities. And Jason was like, hey, one of my really good friends' son is getting into the business. He wants to talk to people. I just met with him. Can you meet with him tomorrow at coffee? And you and I, it's funny, we're drinking Starbucks. We sat down with your dad over at the Starbucks. And I feel like I didn't really give you very much to work with that day. But you and I stayed in touch. And then you ended up calling for me. And you're one of the only people that took what I had said, implemented some of it. And dude, you're like, you sent me some good leads that ended up selling. Now, the, the funny part of the story is that I didn't tell you this yet, so you're hearing this for the first time. You sent me a lead on College Avenue, and you were like, dude, this lady's solid. Well, she had three houses. I met with her for three years or two years (laughs) since you gave me that lead. I've been talking to her. She sold one of the houses to Jason last second out from under me. And when I called him, I was like, bro... It's only fitting it goes back to you cuz you introduced Dylan to me but that was a lead Dylan gave me I had to pay him on if I got That's awesome. So you definitely you impressed me from day 1 like you actually like move forward with everything. So it makes sense that you're here now with deals under your belt and with the success you found.
0: Yeah, I I think it's really humble of you to say that you didn't have much to offer because I remember um, after I had met with you, you would send me an email with everything I needed to do to set up including like mojo dialer, scripts, things like that and then you would actually role play with me, you role play with me a couple of times. Yeah, I remember that. There were so many things that I got out of that coffee thing that like, I mean, it really accelerated just my understanding of the business from a very simple level, because before it was complex, like, how do I get deals? What do I do? What do I say? And I mean, you offered a lot of that in in your email and just what you were saying. And it also shattered a lot of beliefs that I had because I felt like I was too young. And so having conversations with you and then eventually with you, it made me realize that I wasn't alone in this.
2: Cool. Well, I'm glad that you got that. And we're happy that you're here. I mean, obviously we've stayed friends. I mean, we've... On multiple occasions, just randomly got lunch on totally. one minute notice. So I'm glad that we're still here. Let's talk a little bit about kind of what you've been doing the last year, kind of moving into the deals that
0: you just recently closed. Yeah, certainly. So, um, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm pretty fresh off the boat. I just graduated college. Um, I wrestled there um, all four years, so um, was really busy with that. I kind of just did a lot of cold calling, um, but kind of off and on because school and wrestling got a little much, and honestly, quite frankly, I just wasn't putting in the effort I needed to. Um, so I did a little bit of, a, I did a commercial real estate job because my dream is to be in apartments, and so I found that, I was like, if I can learn a little bit here, you know, kind of get mentored, I'd get, I'd get, um I guess I'd accelerate my growth, right? So, uh, didn't end up being the the opportunity that I felt like was best spent of my time. And I was actually more alone than I thought I would be. So, decided if I was going to be alone, I might as well just keep rocking what I was doing. So, segued back and just doing like wholesaling and flipping and stuff. So, since I graduated, probably I'd say in July, I've been hitting it pretty hard, doing a lot of uh, sales calls, um, trying to book appointments, doing a lot more networking. Um, and then in the last four, four months or so, I've been a lot more active on social media, which has taken me the longest to be comfortable with doing because it is kind of weird putting yourself out there, I got to say. But um, that's kind of what I'm doing now. So I'm just always on the phones, always trying to talk to people that are like-minded because um, especially given our age, I, th- I think that it can be really lonely. So it's nice to kind of be riding along on in this, in this uh, crazy journey with, with some friends.
1: Yeah. Dude, before we get into the back-to-back Badass deals you just closed. We've had multiple conversations and I want you to dive into it a little bit more because a lot of people listening are the people that all three of us, you know, the shoes we were in, right? Just getting started or may have, you know, a deal under their belt and really trying to grind and push and become, you know, a real estate investor, some agents and stuff like that. But can you talk and repeat a little bit more about the struggles? that you face? Cause I know we've had open conversations oh, yeah. about, it, and we've been in the same shoes, um, you know, for a lot of different things, right? So can you talk about, and I don't know what the time period is, you know, the past year, year and a half, maybe since getting out of college, what struggles have you faced trying to build your business that got you to the point of closing these freaking two deals back to back?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a great question. I, I think, uh, man, I wish my journey was like looking back. I'm like, man, like it's, it was pretty tough, you know? And it's hard on the mental too, because, um, I was actually just talking about this. I feel like in the beginning I was so upset with myself because I wasn't seeing success. And, and quite frankly, you guys are like some of my best buds in the space and, um, I, w- I was so busy comparing myself to you guys. I see you guys closing deals and things like that. And I'm like, why am I not here? You know, and, and my beliefs were shattered because I'm like, I know this is possible. I see guys that are my age, you know, where we all put our pants on the same way and yet they're closing deals and I'm not. And so, um what I realized, though, is I also wasn't ready for for myself to close deals because I needed to put more effort into. So uh, but I mean, I mean, constant struggles. I mean, you get a little bit of success. You go to an appointment, you think you got it and then someone else gets it or you're, you're talking to a seller and it seems like everything is going well. And then they ghost you. you know, so there were so many opportunities where I was actually progressing, but I was so focused on the monetary um, success that I mm-hmm. forgot the progress I was making. Um, so that was kind of really hard for me and because I think I was focusing on the wrong metric, it honestly was really tough on my morale. And I mean, even when I decided to step away from the commercial side of things, I remember having conversations with you guys and I remember you had said, dude, you need to just decide what you're gonna do because I was all over the place. And, and I told you and I was like, I'm like about ready to get a tech sales job dude." Like I was struggling and and, I don't know what it was, I mean, I have a great support system, my, my dad's awesome, so uh, he's been a, a really big help in trying to keep my, my head grounded and stuff, but I kind of was just like, all right, I mean, I need to give it a good college try and, and, and really dive deep, because although I had been trying, I didn't really commit, commit, so I just, uh, yeah, kind of went all in, and on, I would probably say in like October is when I just like, it was like, I'm, I'm going until I see it, you know? And so, um, but I mean, man, there's just so many struggles within this, you know, you talk to sellers, but I think that's a, like, those are the prerequisites and those are the licks you have to take and, and getting comfortable with rejection and seeing things almost go through, but not, you need to be able to handle those because if you can't handle those, you're not going to be, be able to handle the success in the long term. So that's kind of my thought on that.
2: That's kind of interesting, too. I mean, you and I have such a different background because you went collegiate in sports, especially in wrestling, which is a sport that is pretty much year round. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it's a training regiment from lifting to actually grappling and wrestling all year. You were very good at it. Of course, you were going to dedicate a good chunk of your time. Um, I feel like when you and I were talking, you had a lot of things that were going right in your life that it was hard for you to really pull away and do some of the things for real estate that require you to kind of reset I mean, you're already, you know, a high-level wrestler at a collegiate level. Like, it's hard for you to then be the lowest guy on the totem pole cold calling, you know, six, seven hours a day or whatever it took, right? Totally. I think there's something to be said that, like you said, you didn't give it that full commitment. And then right when you did, I mean, we're recording this. It's uh, February, what, 18th?
0: 16th, 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 16th. I only know that cause it's my birthday.
2: <laughs> I, I looked at the calendar too and I got it wrong. Um, so it's February 16th. So from October to now you found the success or yeah. at least some of it. And it, it kind of helps demonstrate, okay, now I've gone through that pain. I've done the hard work to build myself up to be the guy who can handle not just one deal, but two deals at a time yeah. and close them and make the profit and be, you know, in a position where you don't just spend it right away. And, totally. You know, it, it doesn't overwhelm you where you stop running the rest of your business.
0: Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, it's funny though, because now closing these and, and being on that like initial first deal hump, because I mean, I, I've brought deals to the table. I was working acquisitions for my dad for a right. while. So um, I kind of know that process, but from doing it start to finish and, and really handling the negotiation, because I would always just bring the lead, you know, whether it was to you or to whoever, I would bring the lead and then they would close it, you know. So I didn't have to work on the negotiation. I didn't have to get the contract signed. I was all left up to whoever I was working with. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because being on the other side of I mean, and being nervous throughout the whole thing, I don't really feel that much different. It's funny because I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna feel different, you know, but I'm noticing more and more, the more that you achieve goals, it's more about the process and the person that you become along the way and route of that goal, but not once you get there, it's kind of like, what's next, you know? Yeah. Dude,
1: you made a really, really great point too that I wanna touch on just before we get into the deals is having the right doors open At 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 the right time, right? Because like you were saying, I think all of us have all fallen trap to you know like the comparison trap, right? Like looking at somebody else who whether they're similar in age, whether they're close friends, or you know whatever it is that makes you fall into that trap of comparing yourselves to them, right? And I think you obviously have done a really really good job of. Pulling yourself out of that because I think that's a very I mean, once you get deep in the mud there, it's it's really hard to pull yourself back out really hard. Um, But like you said, I think that just the interesting part of that is, you know, while you were going through all that it wasn't really processing all of the things you were learning along the way, right? Like it wasn't your, it wasn't time. It wasn't the perfect time to just boom, bombard you with all these deals because you hadn't gone through and learned the process of that actually goes into doing deals. It's like somebody immediately, um, you know, like jumping in and wanting to know everything about mathematics right away right no you've got to build your way up you've got to start somewhere and continuously learn in order to get to the point of being an expert or being somebody who can freaking ink and close deals 100 so let's talk about him. let's talk about those yeah. two deals man um break them down for us. Where did they come from? How did they pencil out? Give us everything. Yeah,
0: yeah, so um, they came from cold calling. Um, I And that, like I said, I had been off and on. I would you know cold call consistently and then I would stop. But over the course, you kind of just eventually, and when I first started, it's funny that you said that one of the leads that I had sent you actually panned out because that was literally a lucky draw. Any person that I had talked to that would just talk to me was a lead. So. Super I grateful. That. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that because the biggest thing for me is you were trying to tell me, is like, okay, this is a cold lead. I'm like, no, 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 but they said they'd sell. You're like, yeah, but they said that, you know, if they get their price. And I'm like, oh, like that's not a hot lead. They said they'd sell though. And so that was a really <laughs> hard thing for me to grasp. And I actually just made a video about that not too long ago. But um, yeah, so I, I picked up this lead, right? And so this is probably two years ago now. Um, took me about a year of, talking to her building rapport to actually get my foot in the door and get an appointment so we get an appointment this is now um what is it summer of 21 probably i think so we go there and i mean these properties are you know not in the greatest condition which is perfect for us because now we can now bring solutions to the table so we go there and i mean this they're in rough rough condition but we go there and we offer, I think initially we offered like 75 or something like that. Like pretty, pretty low um, for, but we, for two properties or for just one. Uh, so I, it was two properties and one parcel. And then at the other time it was another property. Um, and then I think we offered like in total it was like 165 or something wow. like for, for all three, but technically two Parcels, right? So, um, but we actually tried partnering with Jason on this one, and he was like, Duh, dude, this is rough. Like, I don't even want to take this on. So, we, we offered, and they're like, yeah, you're way too low. And then we came up and we're like, okay, we'll forget about this one property. We'll just do the two properties on one parcel. We'll do 115. And so, we were trying to do seller finance and a bunch of the other creative ways. We gave them like several different offers, but way too low. They weren't willing to take it. So, for me, right, you only really stop calling someone unless they tell you don't ever call me again, take me off your list. Those are like the magic words and if there's sellers out there right now watching this, those are the magic words that get us to stop calling you. So um, <laughs> hopefully you guys don't watch that. But uh, so yeah, so I just kind of kept following up. and But also trying to really focus on building the relationship because at the end of the day, like these are still people, right? So, yes, we want to make money and transact, but we also want to be building relationships with people. So, um, that's one thing that I think has helped me throughout this process and where I think that I can leverage well. So, anyways, followed up every couple months. Hey, you know, I'm still interested in buying your property if you're ready to sell. No, you're way too low. Okay, no worries. You know, um, if you guys do want to change your mind, I'm here. Every couple months I'd do that, and then sometimes a month comes around and do it again. A holiday comes up, hey, happy holidays! You guys want to sell your property? I'm still here. So uh, a situation happened where the where the mom who had owned all these properties had passed away, and so it was incredibly sad. Um, but she was the the big reason on why uh, I, I was too low. The other the rest of the family wanted to sell, and so. Uh, when she had passed away, I'd gotten a phone call, and I, I can't remember if I was at lunch with Dean or I might have been working out with my girlfriend. But I had gotten a phone call, and I have her saved in my number as seller first, and then name. And so she called, and immediately I stopped what I was doing and you know talking to, like we're ready to move. This happened in our family, like we're, we want to make a decision. So. I was like, oh, okay, and just going through my normal process, where are you guys out on this? Are you guys looking to sell next week, next month, you know, three months from now, tomorrow, basically. Like whenever you can make it happen, we're ready to sell. And so I was like, okay, now I gotta book the appointment just to get some verbal agreement. So before, I don't want them to move with anyone else. So get them to book an appointment, even though I've already seen the properties, and somehow they had gotten worse since the last time I seen them, and it's only been a year, so that's kind of impressive, because it's been the worst property I've seen so far. So uh, we end up going there just mainly to show face, to build more rapport, got to, got to meet the sons. We, the son wouldn't even go into the property. He used to live there, and he's like, he went in for a second and came out and threw up. Like, it was gnarly. Um, but again, you gotta have empathy, right? So, uh, you know, j- even though it was maybe not the, the greatest condition, again, we're trying to solve problems and not cast judgment. So. Anyways, we're we're walking these properties, and um, she's like, "Yeah, we're ready to move." And so then the hard that was all the easy part. Getting to the table is the the a hard part also. But once you're there, like that, it's semi easy, right? The hard part is actually negotiating, and that's where I was stumbling and tripping. And I, we partnered up with Dean and the Home Helpers home, home Helpers group on this deal. And so when we're ready to pitch price, they kind of gave me their number. So the biggest thing you want to do first is get their number. So got the number, and we're about. I don't know, $25,000 apart. Maybe maybe 30,000. What was their 000. number? I think they were like eighty five ninety. Okay. Yeah, so actually more than that. So it was like $35,000 that we were apart. And mind you, we had offered 115 a year earlier, but it's a different market, mm-hmm. you know? And and the properties got worse. And the properties got worse, yeah. So <laughs> D- Dean and them were like, hey, uh, you need to offer 60. $55,000 less than what I offered a year before. And so I almost felt it was laughable. I, I was almost laughing at myself as I was saying this. She's like, "Where are you guys at?" I was like, "Well, you know, I'm talking to my partners, and we need to be at 60." And she was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's way too low." And I was like, "Okay, well, I mean, I'm you know, it's tight margins here, blah blah blah." So we go through you know our our thing, we're negotiating, and then we get down to where she's at 75, and I'm still I haven't moved. I'm still at 60, and. She's like, yeah, I just don't think that we can make that happen. I'm like, I, I hear you. You know, I, I, I really wish I can do it. And then I call Dean back. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, is there still a deal there? He's like, ah, it's, it, they're bad, but we want to make sure we can dispo it here because we we'll do know we we'll have buyers. So I was like, okay. So what I do is like, just say that you're talking to these, um, you know, talking to your partners and this is where they can be. But you went at bat for them or at, for her and now you're at 65. So. I took that and ran with it. Hey, um, you know, I'm really at bat for you. I I tried to get them up. They really wanted to be at 60, but I, I, you know, nickel and dimed them. We're able to get to 65. So just, but this is what I've learned biggest in negotiation is silence is so powerful. I said the number and all I wanted to do was just jump up to her number. Oh yeah, I wanted to explain. I wanted to jump to her number and I just let it sit and marinate. And my heart was just the whole time, right? so, uh, <laughs> just so the audience could hear, but uh, yeah, so I, I said it, and then after about fifteen long seconds, I felt like you know I had aged two years within that fifteen seconds. She's like, "We'll take it," and so immediately I was like, "Oh, like, uh, do you want me to send you doggy sign or like you know it's like stumbling, And she's like, "Just come to my my property." So we got it signed, and then yeah, so that's kind of how that happened. And then we bought the other one. Uh, this was the biggest negotiation, but we bought the other one for one forty. So we we initially offered one thirty five. When we bought it for one forty, and then we got these two properties on one parcel. We bought them for sixty five. So the other property was that third house next door. It actually same ended up seller. being same seller. Yes, it ended up being a different property than we initially talked about a year previously. Um, also in really bad condition, but in different ways because this was more of a hoarder house. The other one was just. I mean, it smelled bad. So this is pretty, pretty crazy. But yeah, so we we bought that one for 140, the nicer one, and then the the two that were really, really jacked up. That probably have to be completely demoed. We bought that one for 65.
2: Damn. Yeah, I think um, talk to us a little bit. I, you brought up earlier that you felt like you had to really get used to losing out on deals, and you had to feel like you had to develop like a sense of understanding that like you were talking to these leads that would sometimes sell to other people. Yeah. Do you think that played a part in you being able to to give them that number and then shut up?
0: 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think, like, I don't know. I, I mean, even, like, in dating and life, like, you people can sense, like, a level of neediness, you know? And so people want to transact with people that they like and trust, you know? And so they don't want to feel like you need them. And And I feel like that's something that I really had to learn and someone that I think that wears their heart on their sleeve, I have a hard time with rejection, or I, at least I used to have a really hard time with rejection. And so the years previously you know, leading up to this, this was just me being able to weather the storm and being comfortable with rejection so I can walk away from the deal. you know. And so, um, yeah, I mean, certainly I think that all of those were prerequisites for my ability to have this conversation. Um, so yeah, I, I think it definitely prepared me for that, for sure.
2: I, I'm curious, what, you said you aged two years in that 15 seconds. It felt like it. <laughs> what was your instinct when you were, when you, were you on the phone or were you in person?
0: Yeah, I was like this on the phone and speaker, I actually recorded it. That's actually a funny story and I posted it, but I'll, I can talk about that a little bit later.
2: What, what was going through your head for the 15 seconds that you're sitting there You've given them an offer. It sounds like you've put a stupid amount of time yeah. into building this relationship oh, yeah. and you're still off. You you said okay like I I pushed hard. I got my partner up to 65. That's the absolute highest I can do. Like what was going through your head right then? Were you like, "Man, fuck you, Dean?" Were you like, come on seller, like come down, like what was going through your head?
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, everything. I mean, I was like, I was frustrated at myself. I'm like, oh, like this is such an awkward situation. Like, and I felt bad, you know, and then, I'm like, I'm like, Dean, like, cause they, they were actually, I mean, it's not like I was lying. They were at 65, like they of didn't want to come no, up. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I'm not lying, but I'm like, it's $5,000 guys. Like, are we're going to lose a deal over $5,000. I'm like, I was getting so frustrated, you know, I'm like, I've been working two years. Like, I don't need the deal, but I need the deal. You know what I mean? Like I, w- I had been up until that point, I had been cashing out everything I would like spend because I still pay rent for a house in slow. I was just telling him about that the other day and. I'm, I've am i been going to zero every single month. I pay my credit card bills, because I bought a mentorship and stuff, so I pay my credit card bills, I pay my groceries, gas, and then my rent, back to zero, back to zero. So I didn't need the deal mentally, but I actually, actually needed the deal to happen. So I was getting very frustrated, because for Dean, you know, this is something they do often, it's like, oh, if we lose a deal, we lose a deal. For me, I'm like, we can't lose this deal, guys. We really can't.
2: <laughs> Diamonds are made under pressure, man. Yeah. So you were sitting there, you're freaking out. Um, what, what was the feeling when they said yes,
0: oh my god it was it was euphoric, it really was. I almost didn 't believe it i like I remember like they said yes, and it was kind of like, are you sure like you sure you want to wait really and so uh yeah, I mean it was it was a really, really good feeling, and just a huge weight. I felt like and you can't count your chickens before they hatch, yeah but it was one of those things where it was like I had never gotten to that point, and it was such a milestone for me to get. My foot in the door, so I mean, it was. It, it, there's nothing quite like it, to be honest,
1: dude. And super cool, you mentioned um, partnering with the Home Helpers Group, Dean, on these deals. Um, talk. Let's talk about both of them. Obviously, disbud, right? You guys wholesale yep. to end buyers. Can you talk a little bit about the numbers? Um, You know, what were the assignment fees? What did you walk away with? And now how are you kind of handling that money now that you just got the spurt of income from two deals, dude? Yeah. I know we were talking. We had we had our friend from Sacramento, Jace, and I, I was telling Dylan, he was saying he closed his first deal and he went out and bought a Mercedes. And now <laughs> <laughs> I know Dylan didn't go out and buy a Mercedes, but talk about the financial part a little bit and how it felt. What are the numbers and what are you doing with that money now?
0: Yeah. 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 So yeah, we, we did. Uh, so we wholesale these, um, and Dean and them just a quick shout out. They are amazing. They, they really helped navigate this. And I think put out a lot of fires that could have potentially happened. My, my dad's really good too, but there's just a whole other side. He does a lot of fix and flips rentals and stuff. So and the wholesale is just a different hustle. Um, so yeah, and that they, they helped immensely with this, but, um, yeah, so we we bought the one for 140, and then we we kind of just like it was like more of like a like a pocket sale. So we only really let a few people know that are within our rolodex. One of them being uh, Corbin and a few other people. But one of our um, realtors, actually, that my dad works with, he's a good friend of mine. Actually, did an ice bath with him this morning. It was shivering up until we would started this podcast because now I'm a little nervous and I got some blood <laughs> flowing, but. Um, yeah, so he, we ended up selling it to him and his goal was to flip it. We sold it to him for 172, so there was about a $32,000 spread there, which is it's funny though because we actually sold it to him on such a discount. We didn't know cuz we actually thought the property was in worse condition than it was and so it got appraised at 250 as is. And so we're like, holy smoke! So he's actually going to wholesale it, and he's wholesaling it for two fifteen. So we wholesale we'll it, like put uh, it on the market. No, no, he just put it back on Facebook, and uh, because we didn't, we never advertised it. So he's going to be selling it for two fifteen. So there was a, a lot that we we kind of left on the meat, or meat on the bone. So I'm I'm happy that we can make him some money, but this is like, wow, we really got a good deal there. <laughs> we didn't know it. Um, so we made thirty two thousand dollars in total profit on that one deal for the whole team to split, mm-hmm. and then on the other one. That one was a little bit more sketch. So uh, because of the scope of the work, you need someone that kind of has some gravitas, you know, some, someone that can really <laughs> take on the deal and have the gut to do it. So we tried selling it to one of our friends and it was just a little bit too much, I think, for for him to take on. He's looking for more of a rental. Um, the numbers were kind of tight, just wasn't gonna work out. And honestly, if you're looking for rentals, you probably don't want on a, a Project X version of uh, you know rehab. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, that felt, felt through, and so we got another buyer in, and both buyers that I had walked the property with were like, we've never seen anything like this before. So we ended up selling it to one of them, but the, the deal was that the, the property had to be delivered vacant, but we sold it to them at 105. So we bought it for 65 and sold it for 105. Um, so a $40,000 spread there as well, and for us all to kind of split, so.
2: You, you brought up the vacant thing. Was, it, was there tenants, or were there tenants?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they were actually really cordial. Um, one thing I learned throughout this is like how important it is to, to be empathetic towards tenants because you really want them on your team. And I think that sometimes, especially given the situation and what they were living in, it's almost like, it's almost like they live in a different world, you know, because of how poorly the conditions were. And so I think a lot of people could just want to transact and like, get out, you know, here's your eviction, get, get the hell out. So, I really I didn't want to do that. Plus I don't have that in my nature. I'm kind of a naturally empathetic person. I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve, like I mentioned earlier. So I was like, hey, um, you know, we want to do a cash for keys. We don't want to evict you guys. We, you know, it would really help us out. As long as you guys are on our team, we're, I'm on your team. Like I want to make this as smooth as possible. And I, I kind of like put it in their head. I was like, I know you guys want to make it as smooth as possible. You guys don't want this. We don't want this. And as long as you guys are willing to work with us, we're willing to work with you. So. We offered them a thousand each, and just to kind of start to see where they and they took it right away. I was like, I'm not gonna offer more. So they they took it, and it was. Everything was smooth sailing. I mean, it was, there were some buyers that put out here and there, you know, I get phone calls random times, like nine o'clock sometimes I have to answer them. So they're like, hey, can I take the shower? And I'm like, you can take whatever you want, just please get out, you know? <laughs> um, and so, uh, but we go there, you know, and one of them had already moved out. We go to the front unit and they're still getting stuff out. And this is the day before closing. And so remember the, in the contract, we put delivered vacant. Mm-hmm. So. Everything's on board. I'm like, thank God. I'm like already celebrating. I'm waving my stuff behind my shoulders. You know, I'm like, all right, we got this moved. And I was like, I'm just going to go check the back property real quick. So we go there. Someone's moving out. Another lady had already left, but her son was still there. He's just backing some stuff up. And we're like, okay, no worries. Take your time. In order for us to give you guys cash for keys, you guys have to be out of the property. There. He's like, no, no, I understand. I understand. Okay, great. Well, as we're there, we're kind of hearing some like rummaging in like the shed. And we're like, hey, I was like, dad, I think there's I think there's someone over there. And he's like. I think you're tripping. You know, you're you're definitely imagining that. I was like, no. Pretty sure I heard it. So we're like, hey, like anyone in there? And they just come out hot. Like they're like, we've been living here since 2019. Like we need a proper notice, blah, blah, blah. And, and then I mean, I was just, we were both dumbfounded. We're like, who the hell are you? Like, we've never seen you. We don't know who the you are. Your tenants didn't reference this person. No, no. And we've been talking with them now for a month and a half. And so they're not on lease. No one's told us and probably they did it on purpose, but we thought they literally just showed up and found their opportunity to just squat because the property was were in gnarly condition. Camping out in the shed. Yeah, in the shed. Yeah, I mean, it was literally like probably five by 10 maybe. I mean, it's, a really, it's just enough to fit a mattress. Like a, like a tough shed? I don't even know what a tough shed is. Uh, is this like a metal or shed like a shack or like uh, like a wood shack? Like it looked like deteriorating if, shack. If a, if wind just went, it looked like it was just gonna knock over. Wow. Yeah, and they'd been living there, but there was an AC in there. I was like, okay, they definitely looked pretty comfortable. It would have been pretty impressive had they done all that in the last twenty four hours. So, anyways. Um, we like the cops got called and you know, they're they're just being crazy, like irate with us. And so I, now I'm just when well, my armpits are just, I mean, I have so much sweat just pouring down, you know, just thinking about this, I'm getting nervous again. And so <laughs> we cops came and they're like, yeah, they've been living here for three years. And we're like, no, no we like, you're joking. Like we thought they were messing with us. And I'm like, no, 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 like this is a known meth house. Like this, they've been living here. And they're like, yeah, but they're not on lease. And we, we've already done cash for keys with the tenants or, you know, he was like, Yeah, I mean, if they declare this as their residence, it's kind of, there's nothing we can do unless you guys do a cash for keys and they kind of winked at us. And we're like, okay. So we go there and we offer them 500. And I mean, they were almost like, they were our best friends. After being so hostile, they're like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. like. Like, who are you? So we're, we're there, we're getting, and they're getting all their stuff. They bring all their friends. There's like nine of them. It's like nine o'clock at night. My dad's going, getting cash for keys agreement for new random tenants that just moved in, apparently. But they I guess have been there. Uh, and we're changing locks and stuff. And I, I mean, it's nine o'clock at night. I'm with, our, uh, he's our handyman, but he only speaks Spanish. So we can't communicate. I'm just holding boards for him. He's boarding up the windows, changing the locks, and these people are kind of all around us. But ended up working out. Um, That was the day before closing. We ended up getting them out, delivered vacant, and they're being worked on currently. So I ended up working out, but definitely uh, it was pretty nerve-wracking, for sure.
2: Totally (laughs) off-topic, but I don't know about you. If I was like in that situation, and I'm the guy in the shack, if you or I showed up, I might be willing to fight us. But if like Dylan showed up, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, you have fire ear? I do have cauliflower ear. Bro, everybody knows you don't fight a dude with fire ear. <laughs> like bro, you and your dad would beat the shit out of someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about that in my head, like I don't think I'd react aggressively towards you guys. But you're also super nice. So I'm glad yeah. to hear that you guys worked it out amicably. Yeah. Um, God, that has to feel so good to be done
0: yeah man it was uh, I mean I was telling I forgot who I was talking to but I was like man like considering it was my first like real deal and being a part of from the start to the finish I was like there's so many like parts where you're like is this deal gonna go through like you and then you kind of like at least in my case, like I really kind of needed this deal to go through, like not just for the money, but for my confidence. And so I was sitting there, I was like, I need to start like meditating or something. Like I was so anxious for that month. I was just like, you know, I'd see like Esko, I'm like, hey, any update? Blah blah blah. You know, I'd call Dean, I'm like, hey, you know, what's going on? What do I do next? And he's like, you kind of just wait. I'm like, I would just wait. Like there's nothing I can do to move it faster. You know. So um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely. I mean, it feels really, really good. I mean, and I think for me, really gave like a the the biggest thing. I mean, the money's great, but it really. It was just the vote of confidence and 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 knowing that this now like there's proof of concept like this works and you can do it you know
2: yeah you, you said yeah, well ahead. real quick you said earlier that like you don't feel any different after you finish it and that like you thought you'd feel like some kind of way yeah i mean now that you're here you're sitting at this table talking about it there's people who are sitting on the other side of the camera listening who feel how you felt just a month or two months ago what like what would you be telling yourself right now, just now that you're on the other side of your first couple deals, Like what should they be doing?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's a really good question. Um, I would say if I was talking to myself, um, let me direct this towards the audience, but if I was talking to myself two months ago, I would say just continue to do the activities you're doing, and actually probably do more. Do more of what you're doing so you can kind of close the skill gap there, because, If you're just starting out, you have a lot to kind of cover. So just be comfortable taking risk and looking like a fool and route to doing that and know that eventually it'll all play out. I think if you can do that and then connect yourself with people that are doing high level things like you gentlemen right here, um, I think is really, really valuable. Um, And if you do that, it's less about what happens and that goal that you're trying to achieve, but it's more about the process and the person you become along the way. So as long as you're actively trying to grow and do things and take massive action it'll all work out whether it comes in two months or it comes in two and a half years like it did for me so um that's what i would say i would say focus less on the outcome and focus more on the process and take lots of action yeah
2: (laughs) i love it dude dropping the fucking mic bro i don't know how to respond to that (laughs) because i feel like that was like the best answer that we've gotten
1: (laughs) dude you are Side note, you're an excellent podcast guest, by the way. You have a presence on the mic, and your way with words and storytelling is fucking awesome. So I hope everybody on the other end listening or watching is connecting with you in a way, because I I am pulling nuggets from this too, dude, and it's really fucking awesome. So, Yeah, I appreciate you guys. The one last thing I wanted to ask you, Dylan, because we had an in-depth conversation about this the other day. And we, we push this for everybody and with each other too, is, you know, financial health and financial literacy when this influx of cash yeah. hits your account, right? Especially for the newer investors, like you were saying, dude, and, and we've all been in the same boat where, you know, it's $0 in the account, right? Yeah. I mean, you've, you've got a little bit, once you pay your bills, you're down at zero, right? So you get an influx of $10,000, yeah. $15,000, dude, when, none of us had ever seen that money before right totally what are you doing with that and what would you recommend for people to do when they close their first deal and you get this big influx of cash what's the right thing to do and what's the wrong thing to do
0: yeah, I, mean, I think, I mean, I think we can all agree the wrong thing to do is go buy a Mercedes. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, we love the guy. I actually watch the podcast episode. I'm just teasing. But, uh, there we go. Yeah, I was actually studying this before I came. I was like, what questions are you going to ask? I want to be prepared. But um, so uh, anyways, I would say, yeah, don't spend all the money. You know, um, I think. For me, it was important, and I, you know, everyone's story is different, everyone's journey is different. I had been kind of leveraging credit cards because I had been making relatively no money for a while, and I had been just selling wrestling sessions just to kind of make ends meet. Um, so, I paid off one small credit card that I had. It was like two and a half grand, and that's in comparison other one, it's less. So, I wanted to get that snowball rolling, get that off the thing. So, I did that. I haven't touched any of the money. I don't want to touch that money. I don't want to act any different. And you had said something to me that clicked for me. This is months ago, but I wanted to remember this for when it was, because I knew I would close the deal. I just didn't know when. Um, but you had said, uh, "It's what was, the, what was the exact phrase? I want to make sure I get it right. The business, The business made the money. Kate didn't make the money. And so I wanted to take that and run with it. So I'm trading it the same way. You know, I I paid off that credit card, but I'm not spending any of the other money. And I also don't want it to change me because again, I just want to use that and like stack it up, right? I kind of want to be like a squirrel with a nuts and kind of forgot where I hide them kind of thing. And so I want to continue to hustle and do the things I need to do because Um, I don't want, it's not a time to to chill out. And I think that you only really get a few really good at bats and when you're hot, you got to keep it going. So I think right now I have a lot of good momentum. And so for me, I think it'd be very silly of me to kind of start celebrating because I'm nowhere near where I want to be. And so now it's like, Oh, this is a proof of concept, like turn up the volume, you know what I mean? Like plug in the amp, like that's kind of what I'm treating it like. So, um, I I'd say if you do get your first deal, don't spend the money, um, maybe start celebrating in, by doing more hard things and taking more action instead of chilling. That's what I would say.
2: Yeah, dude, I think that's all really sound advice. I mean, I bet if you had asked either of us after we closed our first deal, we would not have responded that way. We would no. have said <laughs> stupid stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, I've been talking to you guys for a while and you guys are a step ahead of me, so I'm thankful to have good friends like you guys in my corner to stop me from doing that because I certainly would have had I have not had great <laughs> advice from you guys.
2: Well, dude, I think this is a, a really good story. I think we've had some people on who found very, very quick success, and it sets a precedent that that's a standard, and they're they're notable and have on the podcast because it's noteworthy when they get that kind of a, a quick you know shot and a and a hit. I think it's more normal to see somebody like you who has to develop and grow and the the luck may not always be on your side and so you have to put real serious discipline into making it happen so i think a lot of people who might be discouraged right now with the way that their business income might look might be able to take some really good nuggets about how personal growth plays a huge part in this so yeah certainly dude you mentioned ramping up your social media where can people
1: find you what channels what's your at share and plug everything in case people ever want to reach out to you ask for advice do that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. That's i uh, I've never been asked that question. It's kind of cool. I like hearing that. I want to hear more of that. So, <laughs> uh, if you want to find me on social media, you can find me at the handle is at Dillionaire three, two, one, uh, it's spelled like millionaire, but D Y L. Right. So, uh, that's oh, yeah. across <laughs> all my, all my platforms, TikTok, Instagram, best ways to contact me. Usually I do the best I can to respond to DMS. I usually try to do uh video recordings every once in a while, just to engage with my audience a little bit better. Um, and yeah, I would say those are probably the best ways to reach out to me and follow the journey. I do the best that I can to show real life content, not just showing the successes. I, sh- I do a very, I think, an okay job at uh, sharing the, the losses as well and when I'm not feeling it. So um, yeah, that's the best way to find me, TikTok and Instagram at Dillionaire321. Boom. Um,
2: well, I hope everybody who tuned in got a lot. I know that Cade and I both have nuggets to take away here like kate said you do a really really good job of storytelling and and uh sharing nuggets that you learn along the way so hopefully everybody will tune in next week for the next episode of the pursuit of property podcast but for now so long sir
0: thanks bro yeah no problem thanks for having me